Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. I came in a little hot there. That's Ooh, coming in hot. That's all right. Just like a fajita. Just like a fajita. They're coming in hot. Mm-hmm. I got fajitas the other. We went. Oh, Dad Day. Oh yeah. And so this is recorded about a month in, in advance. Yes, yeah. So Dad Day just happened. We went to Mama Margie's cool. for Ashley's dad. I was gonna say, yeah. Whose yeah. dad were we celebrating yeah. here? <laughs> and um, they we got a bunch of fajitas and they came out on like fucking pirate ship wheels or something like they're just like these old ass like planks they're so badass Dude, looking yeah. and i've never had fajitas at uh mama, mama margie's. margie's other than like in a quesadilla so but they're good um happy dad day to all of our dads a month late go. good job dads <laughs> but this week oh my name is ian yeah my name is kenny and i had jambalaya for father's day oh just really so you know, yeah my sister made jambalaya it was pretty that's good that's badass yeah. was it sausage and like yeah, sausage and shrimp and wow. cajun cabbage i mean she kind of did and she even put a little chicken in there i'm pretty sure so yeah. Yeah, I mean, jambalaya is known for having multiple meats. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was the meaty, it was that meaty <laughs> stuff. It was good. Um, but she made like the bacon cheddar biscuits from oh, Red Lobster. From, wow. you know, like she kind of went all out. It was it was dope. And I guess it's because it's like what my dad asked for. But then I thought it was funny. And then for the kids, she made fish sticks. <laughs> she was like, all the adults get badass jambalaya. The kids get fucking fish sticks. I mean, would they have liked jambalaya? No, that's why she did that. You know? <laughs> Um, this week we're talking about Thor, uh, the Ballad of Beta Ray Bill by Walt Simonson. And, um, then we're also going to be talking, we're talking about two books. Yeah, two we're books also talking week. about, uh, Unworthy Thor by Jason Aaron, Olivier Coipel. And then we have some, uh, some cameo artists that show up like Russell Dodderman, mm-hmm. Isad Ribic. Uh, Fraser Irving shows up. I believe the last couple of issues are co-drawn with uh, Kim Jacinto, I believe, because I believe it was like too big of a task too quickly for Olivier. So they kind of like doubled up on the artist. And I think Olivier would like sketch it out and then Kim would come in and kind of finish the job. Finish the job. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. Because like the last couple of issues were very like hatch lined, Mm -hmm. very gritty. It looked very cool. And so where the Unworthy Thor has all kind of artists, it's cool that uh, the Ballad of Beta Ray Bill was drawn or written and drawn both by Walter Simonson. You know know. what I mean? Yeah. It's such a nice touch in comics when you kind of get that full hands-on work. And I feel like I think you maybe saw it a little bit more back in the 80s and stuff then Definitely. you do a little bit more now huh i think so yeah i mean if if they do give the artist or they if they do give the creator that much freedom mm-hmm. it's i think chip zadarsky had to beg yeah. because his the last issue of his uh spectacular spider-man run was just him drawing and writing and he had to beg them and they're like fine you have only a short amount of time you and know you what i mean that's what it is, is they're just so worried that it won't come out on it time. It won't come out on time. Yes. They're not going to be able to complete the project because there's only one of them, you know? Yeah. That's I think why Marvel or like comic book companies don't normally necessarily like do that. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why there is such a huge like a conveyor belt of creators that everyone has to touch it before mm-hmm. it gets out because everyone kind of needs to do their job and hand it off like a baton, the baton race. You and know it's I mean? almost like a way to not necessarily criticize, but like uh, edit the book, or, yeah. you know, like as it goes, like everybody's obviously reading it hands on. Yeah. So they're going to notice little inconsistencies or details. So it's even going to get worked as it goes, yeah. you know? So no, yeah, that's very true. I mean, it, it makes sense. But at the same time, I think that, uh, that maybe creates a little bit of a detachment, you know, from yeah. like story to art. And sometimes where there's plenty of times where the artist and the writer 
work so beautifully together and we talk about it all the time on here yeah. but i think that we could get a lot more great work from like people like you who are so great at like i feel like you have such a great drawing medium of your own that fits Thank your you. style of writing you know what i mean like i really think you could do stuff like this where you Ooh, and I don't, not not maybe, like this but you know what i mean like this is what you're meant to do where you need you would yeah. be the kind of art the kind of writer who need to be fully hands-on in your project you maybe in I mean? 30 years i can be pseudo walt yeah no. <laughs> we're gonna optimistically say you will be <laughs> um thank you kenny yeah. i mean i don't talk very much about my own craft but no i i appreciate the compliment mm -hmm. um but this week yeah let's get deep into the ballad of beta ray bill mm -hmm. it came out originally 1983 mm -hmm. one thing that i didn't know was this was walt simonson's debut on thor oh shit this really? was his first like four issues on thor and thor is known for you know being crafted the way that walt kind of did mm -hmm. you know what i mean like a lot of the stuff that carries on forward and a lot of the references that a lot of modern creators do is pulled from walt simonson's run. yeah you know we could yeah. argue walter simonson is thor you know uh, that he's if not odin he's got a great white beard um, <laughs> <laughs> um but no i mean this book is dope um I love that we accidentally paired these two together. Mm -hmm. I knew that there were going to be two great Thor stories. Mm -hmm. I knew that Beta Ray Bill was in Unworthy Thor, exactly. but I didn't realize how many mirrors were kind of shown between the two books. And one thing I was going to mention, yeah, this was written in 1983, and then the Unworthy Thor came out in 2017 is what yeah. I just looked at. And it's crazy to think, I mean, that's over 30 years that these came apart, and exactly these are two halves of a story in yeah. a huge way. And that makes me wonder if Jason Aaron you know for the unworthy thor was pulling some inspiration oh, from these early walter simonson stories specifically maybe the ballad of beta ray bill yeah. you know um and it's so cool to get that and the fact that we kind of exactly unintentionally paired these two because we were like oh they're two thor stories that have beta ray bill in them and yeah. they worked out so well so yeah. but i thought this was a great story i have a hell of a time with older comics you yeah. kind of know that they tend to be a little kind of comic-y i hate to use that yeah. word but you know like they're a little goofy you know i mean that's where yeah it comes from yeah, yeah the idea of like how um hokey it can be mm -hmm. and so that can really kind of you know have i can have a hard time with that you know i really like modern marvel and the serious more tones we get in yeah. some of the storylines you know and so but i thought this was a fantastic read and this is essentially i guess yeah you like you said walter simonson's uh um, introduction into Thor, but I guess is, is this like one of the first times we really saw Beta Ray Bill this in the is comics? His this creation. is his creation. So Walter yes. Simonson created Beta Ray Bill. Yes. Basically, he was like, I want my own Thor. Was it, kind of his mentality writing so, this, you think? I mean, it's it's interesting looking at this story because, yeah, we, we get the introduction of Beta Ray Bill. He's a Corbinite and he is, his whole civilization is fleeing this demonic race that's chasing him through the stars. And he has been augmented to look the way he does. Because he looks... If you haven't seen Beta Ray Bill, I, I highly recommend him. He's beautiful, but he also looks like a dead horse. Yeah. That's <laughs> the best way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if to the, it's so interesting to think like what they were choosing to draw. Because yeah. it, it describes that he was based, he was built from like a carnivorous animal from yeah. their planet. But it's like, what the fuck kind of carnivore looks like as <laughs> horse teeth like that, you know? Yeah. And so it, they talk about how they like splice his DNA and then add robotic parts and like... He's not wholly who he once was before. Yeah. He's the million dollar horse or the yeah. six million dollar horse, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, and so he's been protected to watch over the whole Corbinite race 
because they're they they don't have enough food to all sustain living, so they all go into like a deep freeze while he watches over the mm-hmm. fleet because they're abroad like multiple ships. Yeah, and so um, pretty immediately into the story, we see this happen, and there's some kind of like underlining tones throughout this book that kind of must lead to something else because we see like the galaxy forger kind of guy, yeah, like forging something, and we don't really get the answer to that. I'm sure that's answered later on. Mm-hmm. Um, because it even ends a little open ended too. That last issue kind of yeah. basically like, and I guess that's how comics were back then, where it was like, come keep, back next time for this adventure, yeah. yeah. So it kind of makes sense that it would end on that note, but yeah, there is some stuff that we don't totally get answers for that was like, obviously like in a bigger painting that we're just not getting, you know, we're only seeing a corner of or something. Exactly. And and Loki's throughout this book mm-hmm. obviously scheming up something with Lorelai. Is Freaking it Lorelai? Yeah, it's Lorelai. Yeah, okay. Which is um, cool. Yeah, like I, I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and she pops up in that show a little bit. So that was a cool like reference of like, oh, hey, look, there's that character, what, you know? Wasn't she in like episode three or something? I remember of, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's, she was pretty early it's on. It's pretty early on. Because it, I, Sif does her guest appearances exactly. in those episodes. Yeah. And I remember that was like their big selling point in the first season where they were like, uh, this definitely connects to the MCU. See, mm-hmm. here's Sif. It has to be season one because she uses Ward as kind of like her. Oh, true. Her, like her, yeah. You know, yeah. Spoilers for Ages of Shield, but <laughs> neither of us have finished that show. Yeah, I know. I need to find. I, need, I just need to watch the last season. I've watched more than you have. Maybe I will rewatch it, and we could do an episode on it. I, I've been meaning to sit down and try to rewatch that show. This um, would be a long time coming. Yeah, that would be like a. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a while. We'll fill the. We'll do this on the 100th episode. <laughs> exactly. Let's call our shot and let's do this on the 100th episode. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, what episode number are we on today? Let me yeah. check real quick. Today's episode is, ooh, episode 23. We're coming up on 25. Dang. Um, Also, I believe, let me see. Episode 25 comes out at like the beginning of August, huh? Episode 25 comes out the day after my birthday. Oh. Yeah, the 28th. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, um, so Beta Ray Bill, he's the guardian of these people. Mm -hmm. But the way that we're introduced into the story is Donald Blake, the the human alter ego of Thor, yeah. because I guess I didn't realize it had lasted so long into like the, the issues of 300 that Donald Blake was still Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, that Thor, the only way Thor can come to Midgard is through a vessel. Mm-hmm. And so he has to tap his, his walking stick <laughs> on the floor for it to turn into Mjolnir and then for him to See, turn into Thor. That seventies, eighties <clears throat> comic nonsense. It's yeah. Like so silly. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it's a pretty cool gimmick, especially mm-hmm. from the sixties. Like, you know, it's, it's a neat gimmick. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like Shazam. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? It's exactly that. It's just like a <laughs> way to snap your powers on and off when necessary, you know, less but, than bat or Superman of just like, you know, unmasking yeah. your identity. And like straightening out his spine a yeah. little bit, you know? It's like literally like powering up, you know, being a Power Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I've, I've liked that gimmick because it kind of allows you to believe that the gods really are that far away. You know what I mean? That the only way that they can exist in our world right now is if someone magically becomes them. You yeah. know what I mean? And so it becomes like this whole alter ego of like, you know, Thor's out there while Donald's on Earth. And then it it also shows like how important it is whenever he's standing with the Avengers. You yeah. know what I mean? Because nowadays you're just like, mm, is Thor an alien or yeah. is he a god? Like, why I mean? does he care so much about 
Earth, Midgard, yeah. and people on Earth. You know what I mean? Like, what? Do the, why do they mean so much to him? Where, like, for Donald Blake, it makes perfect sense. He's one of them. Exactly. Yeah, he was just powered up to be a godly in strength. You know? Yeah. But I, I, I find it interesting that I didn't realize that Donald Blake still existed this far into the 80s. Mm-hmm. I, I, for some reason, because I've never read any Walt Simonson, um, I had assumed that Donald Blake had been, like, that Washed whole, out, yeah. That whole gimmick was, like, washed away somehow. I, I guess it's not until... This? I mean, Walter Simonson finishes it in this book, I felt like. Did he not? No, no, I don't think so. I think it's, I think Donald Blake, I don't want to say too much, but I think it goes on until like the 2000s. No way. To where even Matt Fraction might be writing stuff like that. I I don't know. I don't know. Because I thought, just to not get too much into it, but in the moment in this comic where obviously we see Beta Ray Bill get that that same kind of treatment yeah i almost felt like it hinted that it had been transferred to him so he's like if not me what about or you know if if he has that power what of donald blake then i felt like that was kind of walter simonson's mission as well to be like this is the end of donald blake interesting and yeah thor is just 100 percent thor now yeah it's a shame this book only has four issues (laughs) we have this very cool collection that was published in i think 1990 and it has the original colors in it. It's sexy as hell. I love it. I purchased this online about uh, like two months ago, mm-hmm. and it came from England, mm-hmm. which I love. So it's just this beautiful, like... It smells of crumpets. Mm-hmm. And I mean, <laughs> I'm going to date myself a little bit, but also like I'm sure a lot of listeners might be older than me. I'm, fr- I'm, I'm from 1992. God damn it. That's how I was going to say it. I was born in 1992. So this book's older than me. And yeah. it's so gorgeous. I love looking at the colors and the halftone dots. It's so fucking good to look at. Um, I wish I could find more collections like mm-hmm. this with the original coloring. Because a lot of the, the new books, the new collections are all digital coloring. And it's very... It's kind of off-putting to look at yeah. a little bit, you know? And so um, I'm glad that we have this edition to read. And I had a, a grand old time looking at these beautiful pinks I and bet. pastels. It looks amazing, <clears throat> honestly. And it, it gives you more of a feel for the time. You yeah, know what I mean? Definitely. Exactly the time you're reading. Because, like, our, our Born Again edition mm-hmm. was classic colors as well. And so it's it's uh, Daredevil Born Again. Go listen to the episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we we fawned over the, the pinks and pastels mm-hmm. in that one, too. And it's, once again, a, a gorgeous book. But anyway, um, Nick Fury is another, not only is Beta Ray Bill and Thor kind of two everlasting pieces that yeah. go between this book and the book we'll be talking about later, Nick Fury plays a part as well, where he's kind of a catalyst, like telling Thor where Mm -hmm. he needs to go. And so so amazingly true. (laughs) Nick Fury kidnaps Donald Blake and Mm -hmm. tells him like, we caught wind of this ship. It has demonic energy. Can you do anything about it? And sure enough, Thor goes out to, to try and figure it out. And that's when he, we first encountered Beta Ray Bill. Mm -hmm. And I love the scene in this book where Beta Ray Bill like believes that because he defeated Thor that he can take his hammer and he does and he does and it's I think it's just through that belief you know that yeah. he, it, he believes he's worthy you know yeah. what I mean that it's something he's earned through a, a rite of passage or through warriorship that he's like this is mine now <laughs> yeah how do you feel people in the 80s must have read this whenever it first came out do you think that they do you think that walt simonson knew that beta ray bill was going to be such a fan favorite or do you think he was afraid that people were like oh no he's he's going to destroy thor thor is not going to be in the comic book because i mean there wasn't really that much of that back then Mm -hmm. i guess wally 
I guess Barry Allen to Wally West and like all of the DC kind of characters existed around the time where it's like a, a their anti version, yeah, right. But it's it's like, do you think that people were afraid that Walt was getting rid of Thor and making this new Beta Ray Bill character the new Thor? Do you think that I I, I don't know. It's interesting, it, and I wonder how much like other ham people trying to pick up the hammer really happened before this because that would true. be something of interest to like where i could understand it'd be jarring where people would have been like yeah exactly oh no he's now everybody's going to be able to pick up the hammer could have right. been one mentality you know <laughs> like, or yeah who knows hulk's gonna show up in the next issue pick up the hammer <laughs> exactly or they could have just been like exactly who the hell is this random guy you know all of a sudden yeah picking it up all of a sudden so i can't imagine P- he could have had the f- necessarily foresight to know that he was creating such a great character but i think he did a good job of creating a character that has like a noble enough reason that once you get around to it um it, it makes it, sense yes, you know what exactly. i mean you're like well this it plays guy, out very well yeah this guy would be worthy you know what i mean yeah. he's got good enough morals i the only thing that bothers me when we first are introduced to him is that he's just so irrationally violent and just assuming that everything and everyone is a demon and then maybe it's because he's been fighting so hard for so long that he's just like demons, he's yeah. almost like yeah it's like ptsd or something you know but exactly it's just like kind of blew me away that he was just so ready for discourse i think what we're supposed to take from it is that the demons are from i believe they're from nephilheim mm-hmm. which is where surter is from mm-hmm. and i think all of the realms have the same kind of like aura or like um, as like he thinks that because the asgardians have the same like energy signature that they're all associated associated with the demons that would make that makes sense yeah and so i think that's the reasoning i'm not 100 percent sure no but that's a good reason because yeah i mean maybe the odin force feels very similar to like what hella or like yeah, yeah or yeah uh, exactly searcher, or searcher even yeah. releases you know yeah um but it, pretty early on beta ray bill picks up the hammer it's i think the ending of the first issue yeah i think it's right at the end of the first issue he kicks thor's ass and takes the hammer and i thought the way that they portray it. it's it's crazy to look at this book from like an outside scope mm-hmm. and like not knowing who beta ray bill is before this and seeing it because like we know beta ray bill so well yeah. nowadays and know that he's sentimental to even thor you know what yeah. i mean we know these boys are gonna work it out you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> but um exactly it's hard to like take a step back and try to imagine how people reacted to this content initially you mm-hmm. know like to have this character introduced exactly to have him beat the shit out of thor which is already a pretty wild thing to imagine and then take the hammer you yeah know? um <laughs> but pretty quickly from here um i'm i'm gonna kind of hit the big points mm-hmm. um one thing that i really love about this book is odin surprisingly odin is like a giant sweetheart mm-hmm. in this book and it's so that's the biggest difference I can pull besides like the obviously like difference in storytelling where this is more compressed storytelling. You see a lot of bubbles real close to each other. A lot of things is happening really like every issue feels like two issues. Mm-hmm. There's a you know lot I mean? of dialogue in this yes. book, actually. And then when you read the more decompressed storytelling that Jason Aaron does in, in the Unworthy Thor, that's another big difference is like how how much like I feel like Walt Simonson could have told Unworthy Thor in like two issues. Half the issues, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's it's really interesting to see it that way. But other than that, like he writes Odin to be such a sweetheart because mm-hmm. Odin is almost very like immediately accepting of Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. You Instead know? of being like, who the fuck are you? Why do you have, I mean, yeah. he is initially like yeah. that for a second, but exactly. Like even apologizes for, he's like, I'm sorry. That was just me being a worrisome dad. Yeah. My bad. What's up, bud? Yeah. <laughs> 
but um, he makes him do a trial mm-hmm. and and to see who is actually worthy of the hammer, and he makes sure to let them know like this is to the death. I think they did a good job of making Odin feel incredibly like like a force well above even them you know right. what i mean especially that part where yeah i mean beta bill tries to attack him and he's just like nope my hammer now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and did a great job and i liked that i mean i thought it was crazy that he would put his son in a trial to death with just a random guy pretty uh-huh. pretty just right out the gate like that but um i mean it i think it even baffled him i think we were supposed to even be uh, he was even like taken aback that someone else has become worthy yeah. of the hammer it even gave him pause to be like okay well now we need to figure out what's going on you know yeah he 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 didn't take it as trickery he took it as like if this if the hammer says it's good then it's good and i have to trust that you mm-hmm. know and i love that about odin in this book mm-hmm. um so it in the battle, it's it's pretty cool. They fight each other, Thor and, and on Mustafar. Uh, pretty much, <laughs> it's like the Anakin Obi Wan battle, except for it's like uh like two bros like battling each yeah, other, punching it out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I love that they they get their powers taken away, and I mean, they, Thor is still a god, so he still has strength, but that even after all of that, Beta Ray Bill comes up on top mm-hmm. and he beats Thor. And as they're floating down the river of lava, Beta Ray Bill th- saves Thor's Chooses life. Chooses to spare him, yeah. And that's when Odin decides to build him his own hammer. He goes to E-Tree. Which I thought was cool too. Exactly. Yeah. It's like all these little things we get to enjoy that have been brought into the you know modern times. Exactly. Yeah. So we see E-Tree, you know, the, the king of the what? Or not the king, but the master. Uh, He's like the master blacksmith, blacksmith of the... the uh, what are they called? Not the troll. Like, you want to say trolls, but they're, yeah, they're dwarves. Dwarves. Yeah. Sorry, dwarves. <laughs> and so he goes to Itri, and they have the last bit of Uru, mm-hmm. and they build Stormbreaker for Beta Ray Bill. And this whole book is so touching mm-hmm. and sweet about how it's all done, and even the people of of uh, Asgard are sentimental to Beta Ray Bill, like Sif. Yeah, Sif kind of falls in love with them a little yeah. bit. It's really only Lorelai who talks a little bit of shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but then they go on to kind. Of, I'm kind of breezing through, but it, it's because you know we're, we're we breezy. have two stories to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, but they go on to battle together and save. Beta Ray's Beta Ray Bill's fleet uh-huh. with Lady Sif, and we meet Scuttlebutt, his ship, and Sif. Had Scuttlebutt talked up until that point? Not necessarily. She, not and, before and if she Sif, did, right? she spoke to Beta Ray Bill about scanning Thor. Okay, of. see, because that was what I was going to say is he kind of talked about his ship as if it was a sentient being. So yes. when it came back and started talking, I was like, oh shit, did I miss? The part where he was talking earlier? Like, holy fuck. No, I think it was just like little notes of like, uh, you know, same energy reading, mm-hmm. same. It's just like little robot shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Scuttlebutt I, and, yeah. and, and then, Sif kind of like, uh, you know, talk a lot and they like bond and Sif learns more about Beta Ray Bill mm-hmm. through Scuttlebutt. But go on, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I like that they fly into this battle with Tooth Nasher and, uh, and Tooth Grinder. And Tooth Grinder, you yeah. Know? And then we get to see Thor doing that kind of classic, you know, uh, chariot kind of driven battle seat, you know, battle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> on the back of the book. It's uh, so cool looking. Mm-hmm. And with Beta Ray Bill and Sif in tow, you know what I mean? I just thought that whole moment, I was like, oh, that's, that, that's sick. <laughs> we, I, I wonder if an artist has ever drawn Thor to be um, Santa and then drawn like 12 tooth gnashers <laughs> and then like a, a 13th with a red nose or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know um, but, who needs to do it now. Yeah. Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder are so cool. I love them. I love the idea that Thor still gets around it. 
when they if come he, up, big if, old goats. Exactly, yeah. Because, um, uh, like, like we'll talk later, Jason Aaron brings them back whenever Thor can't fly around with his hammer. Um, it's so funny we're talking about this because I was at Best Buy earlier, too, and they literally had a Stormbreaker. Holy shit. And I was like... <laughs> That's pretty cool. But it was a little pricey. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about those props. If they're too pricey, I, I suddenly don't give a single shit. And the thing is, I know once I open it, it'd just be a plastic piece of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not worth the money you spent on it. So it's like, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I want that thing to look like fucking battle axe. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want like prop quality. I don't give a shit that it makes noises and lights up. I don't want any of that. Um, But yeah, I mean, this book ends with, you know, them triumphing against mm-hmm. the demons um they save his whole fleet and then beta ray bill comes back to asgard and he's still kind of like puppy dogging around like mm-hmm. sad and it's because like he's never going to be the normal corbinite like he once was yeah even his people are kind of disgusted by him is something yeah. that we've understood like because he looks like kind of like a monster i guess yeah and so beta or so odin enchants his hammer to be much like Donald Blake's and be a walking stick that he can tap against the ground and transform back and forth, which I didn't know Beta Bill had a, had that thing. So I thought he still does. I think Donnie Cates in his current run of Thor and then uh, Daniel Warren Johnson on his current run of Beta Bill make a lot of talk about that. I think there's some talk about it and like that power being taken away from him. And so, um, I, I'm sure we'll read both of those yeah, books we'll get there at someday. some point. But um, no, I just thought that that was super interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that existed. And I love that, you know, we see Beta Ray Bill in his normal Corbinite armor. It's yellow and red. I love that whenever he picks up the hammer, he's an Asgardian ha- mm-hmm. armor. And he truly takes on Asgardian pride. You know what I mean? And That's- Odin calls him Beta Ray Thor. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He says yeah, he will be Beta Ray Thor. <laughs> Truthfully, I love Beta Ray Bill so much. And it's this this book only cements it because yeah. he is so pure. What a great origin story. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it really gives the character that we know and I feel like in modern times where he is kind of like the super awesome bro that you want around you know yeah. shows up right when you need him this gives him that origin that makes sense and why he he would be so sentimental to thor and the asgardians you know yeah. i felt like that was driven home in this and like exactly the fact that he's like puppy dogging around asgard because he you know he's like i owe i'm responsible to take care of my people but i kind of like this place y'all are yeah. cool and you treat me good <laughs> and you gave me cool powers like i don't want to leave yeah and that makes so much sense that you know he would become so sentimental to asgard but you know but have that responsibility to his people. And, you know, um, so I think he's a fantastic character and I think this is such a great origin story and I'm glad that we read it. I would have probably never picked up this book if we wouldn't have read it for this kind of run. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like uh, some little other hints. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, Volstag is helping out Balder because apparently Balder had just recently died yeah. and come back from uh was it Nephilim or they don't call it hell yet. They do call it hell. I they think. do? Yeah, he's cuz they well I think H-E-L. they H-E-L. Yeah. Cuz they mentioned having to go under the tortures of Hela is even uh, what he okay. that uh Volstag mentions when he's talking the story of it. Yeah, yeah. but ba- Balder's much like Beta Ray Bill just kind of like lumping around like pretty bummed mm-hmm. and so Volstag is trying to like 
raises hopes because some other fucker tries to come and fight him. Yeah, and I thought so this whole side story was so weird. <laughs> for multiple issues, I think it was just a joke that he had to throw this page in there every now and again, Wal- uh, Simonson. Yeah. Uh, Volstagg is just sitting on this fool, just talking Balder up. You know what I mean? I thought that that was so funny. And I'm sure it has more to do maybe later on where yeah. Balder becomes more relevant again for some reason or another. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Okay. Um, but no, I mean, this... For this to be the be the entry of Walt Simonson on Thor, I mm-hmm. think this this goes to show why so many people regard Walt Simonson's run on Thor to be the like the epitome, like yeah. the one that that everyone that should matters. reach for. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, if you were to write Thor, this would be like necessary reading material. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so um, I think that's that's pretty referential to why. So much of this stuff shows up in a lot of Jason Aaron's run. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you want to get into a little bit of Unworthy Thor before the break? Um, well, one thing, the last thing I was even going to mention on the Battle of Battery Bill that kind of made me laugh is that we do get Loki in it, yes. but literally the one shenanigan he does the entire comic book <laughs> is fuck with Sif. It's just fuck with Sif. He just has, <laughs> he just turns into Thor, makes out with Lorelai in front of Sif for a minute, and that's it. That's yep. the entire length of the shenanigan. It has no greater repercussions than that. Like, it doesn't even turn Sif against Thor. She figures it out pretty much right away yeah. and i just thought that was so funny that i was like that like that's now kind of loki was respected a little bit even at this time that he's just like think, more mischievous than yeah. anything you know do you think that was simonson's way of saying sif is no longer on the table as a love interest for thor and mm-hmm. why she kind of started to fawn over beta ray bill absolutely it was kind of like him saying like hey uh don't think about sif anymore like to the fans like yeah. don't think about thor and sif anymore not gonna happen sif's going with beta <laughs> <laughs> so and i'm glad that loki got to be the catalyst for that yeah. it's just a hilarious antic that i was like why <laughs> why was that his big plan with lorelei I mean, I think it's to show that Loki isn't all bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just like big, giant, evil death yeah. involving schemes. It's just like little mischiefs mischief. Like this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just very mischievous. Yeah. <laughs> um, Unworthy Thor. Unworthy Thor, man. Uh, written by Jason Aaron. Mm-hmm. Multiple artists, primarily drawn by uh, Olivier Coipel. Um, This book is beautiful. And it's it's a... It's a heavy ride, mm-hmm. and it and it's intended to be a heavy ride, mm-hmm. but it also read so well as like a collective trade mm-hmm. that it it doesn't feel like it should have came out as single issues because I would have been pissed reading this month to month. Individually, yeah. yeah. I think I did originally read this like around the time the fifth issue came out. We kind of like binge read it, yeah. read it, um, but rereading it this time, I felt like fuck if if I was you know, waiting this month to month, I would have been pissed because it feels like so much happens in each issue, but then the next issue is right back where we are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so Absolutely. let's get into this one. You want to take a break? Uh, yeah. You know what? Let's take a quick break and then we'll get into <laughs> Unworthy Thor. Unworthy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Hey guys, we're back. Oh, oh wrong one. There it is. Uh, <laughs> Happy to be back. <laughs> um, and we're talking about Unworthy Thor, Jason Aaron, Olivier Coipel, oh Kim Jacinto, 
uh, various just names on names. Yeah, yeah names on names on names. Um, it's it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's flashbacks in this one too that I love. Um, but let's get into it. So this is the era where Jane Foster has taken up. Thor, mm-hmm. the mantle of Thor. Spoiler alerts, but I'm sure everyone that knows anything about Thor already knows, knows that, that that happened. Because <laughs> like when it happened, nobody knew it was Jane Foster. No, I was convinced it was Sif. That was the, my big running thing. And but then you know I was also reading those issues when they were coming out. And they were trying to hint that Roz Solomon, which was like right. an agent at the time, was like the big hint. But the whole time I was like, it's probably Sif, you know. And I liked the idea of Sif picking up the mantle. Yeah, you know? I I think Sif was was a good choice. Mm-hmm. I I would have been fine with Sif. I think and, she's like too safe net choice. Maybe is why they didn't want to use her. She's just the too obvious option. Maybe you know, or like Angela. Same was the, another issue. They were just like. Too, too safe bet, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think Angela would have been um, detrimental to the character because they're already trying to make Angela such a character on her own. Mm-hmm. It would have been dumb to just make her Thor. You True. know what I mean? And then um, I think the other big one that people were guessing was Enchantress mm-hmm. because of the blonde hair. And I would have been fine with that one too. But I'm glad it ended up being Jane. Yeah, I think that's so awesome. Her story throughout the whole run is one of my favorites. Who's more worthy? Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. I mean, just to give like a little insight for people that don't know too much mm-hmm. and it want to know, um, Jane Foster takes up the mantle of Thor um, while going undergoing chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. She has leukemia. And so every time she goes and picks up the ho- the Thor hammer, the horn. She thors out. <laughs> she, every time she thors out, um, she basically reverts all of the progress in her chemotherapy and so it's it's a big deal it's that literally killing her <laughs> yeah it's a exactly it's a big deal that every time she decides that she needs to go save someone's life it's at the cost of her own and so it in that it makes her worthy you know what i mean um but i want to talk about the differences when it comes to the who wields the hammer now mm-hmm. because where in beta ray bill odin is very understanding odin is furious in modern day whenever mm-hmm. uh jane foster picks it up something that made me laugh is that when he we he gives mjolnir back to thor at the end of beta the saga beta reveal he's like this is yours forever and only <laughs> yours ever again and he literally hands it to him and i was like <laughs> <laughs> if only you knew yeah. old man just wait but <laughs> no that's a good call i didn't even think about that but yeah, it's an interesting kind of uh, change of like, obviously, you're right, he's sweet boy Odin here, who is yeah. obviously very unhappy with, uh, maybe he's, maybe he doesn't like women. <laughs> I mean, Frigga kind of feels that way, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing where Odin is trying to decry... Um, like falsity mm-hmm. on on Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, Jane doesn't show up in this book, which for some reason I remember her doing so, but maybe I was reading the Thor run. I think you were reading the Thor run where he shows up and yeah. her story trying to figure out who the yeah. fuck she is. Yeah, I think I even got those a little mixed up because they were coming out right around. No, yeah, they came out on times, top of each other for sure. Um, dang it, now I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, maybe <laughs> something will spark it again. Um, but... It's it's interesting mm-hmm. to see that, you know, Beta Ray Bill shows up in the mm-hmm. story, and so does Nick Fury. And I want to talk about when Beta Ray Bill first shows up, okay. because he shows up where 
Asgard is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so does the unworthy Thor with just Tooth Nasher. Mm -hmm. I think in a previous issue of Thor, Tooth Grinder dies. Mm -hmm. And so it's just Tooth Nasher. And Beta Ray Bill shows up and he's like, I heard the rumors about you losing your hammer. And he tries to give him his hammer. He gets down on his knees and he says, please, brother, take mine. Dude, right after reading this, god damn. Oh, my God. Like... I love Beta Ray Bill so much. He's just such a pure, good being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so to see him... Who doesn't think he deserves what has been given to him, which yeah. is what makes him so worthy. And exactly, just to see him down on his knees, just like exactly being like, bro, I'm sorry, take yeah. mine. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I will cry but, about this this dead horse man for forever. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, other things to important things to know going into the unworthy Thor is that in original sin, oh, right. Nick Fury whispered something to Thor, causing him to drop his hammer and never be able to pick it up again on the moon, on the moon, which is why Jane Foster eventually went on to pick up the mantle. It's what created our Odin son, unworthy Thor's right. circumstances. Um, but then I was going to say the other important thing we need to know is what we've talked about on this podcast before, which um, is Gore, the God, which is Gore, the God, Butcher. go back, and listen to that episode yeah so that's also it's amazing yeah the thing like the fact that we picked these two issues to read but then there's something we've talked about in the past that's equally so relevant to the story in a lot of ways you know what Definitely, i mean so for it, sure it was almost like getting to see a bunch of things come to fruition again uh, in an awesome way so keep all those things in mind too <laughs> um i want to say just real quick you said a sentence just a minute ago oh shit which was um you said Thor or Nick Fury whispers something in Thor's ear on the moon, which causes him to drop his hammer. And if you said that to anybody who's not read comic books, that sounds like a bunch of dumb bu- bullshit mumbo jumbo. <laughs> sounds like a great read to me. <laughs> Have um, you read Original Sin? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I, I haven't read it since it was like around yeah, the time it, came, it out. came out. So I remember just feeling like it was a piece of this story that would continue to weave the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. But in retrospect, we could probably pick at it a little bit. Yeah. I think it wasn't fully thought out. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a lot of ideas or like wanting to do certain things to certain characters. And it was just a way to get that agenda kind of accomplished. Exactly. Exactly. And so Nick Fury becomes the unseen Mm -hmm. in that story, which is the replacement for the the watcher. watcher, Kind of the idea. Um, can you imagine if this podcast was called uh, Who Unsees the Unseen? <laughs> Ooh, this episode. <laughs> this is the, like the dark version. This is like the Black Order version. The Watcher's Eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting to see him like that because I think since this, they've kind of retroactively taken some of that stuff back or just yeah. brought Uwatu back or just gotten rid of the Unseen in some mm-hmm. sort of way. I haven't kept up. We're not. We're no longer. We're no longer wednesday warriors we don't read month to month anymore we yeah. kind of trade weight a lot of the time um oh, and now we're reading for this you know what i mean yeah, exactly. so this is taking up a lot of our time is choosing to bounce around and read a lot of the you know stuff that we're choosing to do for this cast you know we do this week to week guys so that's yeah a, we're keeping a consistent schedule have, doing this every week yeah. and we have full-time jobs yeah. and yeah no yeah um but it, it's interesting because 
in this story, it mirrors Beta Ray Bill in mm-hmm. the way that Nick Fury once again points Thor in the direction of another hammer. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea of just the other hammer. And it belongs to... Oh, Thor's. That's yet another comic that's relevant to yeah, this. It belongs to the ultimate Thor from mm-hmm. the ultimate universe. And I thought that that was so fucking sick. Because when this book was coming out, I was like, for sure... Thor is going to be picking up that hammer Mm -hmm. and we're going to have this weird, evil, like uneasy, like ultimate Thor, Thor fighting with Jane Foster. And I thought that that was going to kind of be where this was all coalescing. You know what I mean? Um, Spoiler alert. He doesn't pick it up. (laughs) Spoiler alert. He doesn't pick it up. Um, But we do see that someone is trying to prevent Thor from getting the hammer. We see multiple people because Asgard has been stolen by the collector and then not only that, a shadowy figure that we don't see who it is mm-hmm. until the end of this book has been going to Thanos and telling him about the other hammer. Yeah. And so Thanos sends two of his Black Order to go fight or to go retrieve gotcha. the hammer. Yeah. And it's Proxima Midnight and the Black, Black Swan. Swan. And I wanted to pitch this to you because I just thought of it. What if Gore the God Butcher became part of the Black Order? That'd be amazingly appropriate in a yeah, way, you know what I mean? He would fit right in. And the thing is, is yeah, exactly, because Thanos is not a god. He's just, yeah, he's, I would argue he's a titan, you know, yeah. is what you could even say that he is standing. So I think it would make sense that Gore would join like, him yeah, and him. see his, yeah. And even if they didn't join, maybe it would be cool to see them fight. Mm-hmm. I, I've always loved the idea of, like, these big, like, baddies. Uh, fighting like like secret wars where we see god emperor doom go up against thanos Mm -hmm. and thanos believing he has a chance against someone like god emperor doom what a great moment honestly uh i like that the figure has thanos's skull and uh, oh yeah spine like the fucking action figure of god emperor doom because that's probably the most relevant scene that's been tossed around the internet so Mm -hmm. much is that scene and so and i think it's because of thanos being the big baddie in the mcu it's like to see our worst villain put to screen yeah didn't dematerialize the weekly it's just like like (laughs) the hell's going on in the comic books right now yeah god that scene's i I will gush over that scene mm-hmm. forever. Um, but anyway, in Unworthy Thor, we we see these three factions pretty much fighting for five issues. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I thought that that was a little bit, you know, kind of irritating. It, it went on for a little longer than it kind of needed to. Yeah, absolutely. And then it kept like bouncing around where it's like, okay, now the Collector's defeated. Now we're fighting the Black Order again. And now the Black Order's defeated. So now we're fighting the Collector again. And it's like, God damn it. Can everyone just fucking sit down for a minute? <laughs> for sure. And uh, the Collector is a complete asshole. Uh, I like this Collector. The thing is, I feel like the Collector was toned down a little bit too much in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, yeah. if there's going to be this infinitely living being that likes to collect living things as he's not going to be like a quirky you know like kind of goofy guy he's going to be a very like tap in the finger that's mine now kind of person and i really like seeing that dominance or even the fact that he's so willing to like sacrifice his playthings. you know we get that whole arc where he's like i'll kill this fucking kid if you don't do what i want you know that part broke my heart oh but it's i like that i like see exactly i think that's good villain writing of someone who's like indirectly violent you know in that kind of way um it's interesting that the elders of the universe the only two that we've seen in the mm -hmm. mcu are quirky weirdos Mm -hmm. jeff goldblum and And, benicio del toro Toro. um it's interesting because 
I I guess they have to make them like that because otherwise they would rival something like Thanos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it it would it wouldn't make sense for Benicio to to be a cameo in Infinity War as just a guy in a cage. You know what I mean? As a goofy man, because you would think, oh no, that guy's super strong. He should be able to contend with Thanos. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it should have been more like Loki in a cage, and like he's yeah. in a darkened cage, and he's just eyes looking through, and it's like, oh shit, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's something to be intimidated by. I don't know. You're right. If for like the the gag of it, I feel like those characters exactly either if they were too intimidating, you would be like, okay, well now we either need to give them. Sh- strength to match it you know um i kind of like the goofiness because I, I like the goofiness in the grandmaster i think i like more in the collector if okay. that makes sense you know like i like the grandmaster because he would just be crazy and he's like obsessed with his game at this point you yeah. know what i mean um <laughs> i think i like it because they're supposed to signify things that have existed for far too long mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so for oh for now it's it's almost like i kind of don't give a shit anymore i've existed for ever it's it doesn't make sense for me to give so much of a shit you know yeah. what i mean but i'm i'm glad that the collector can be used in this story this way where he wants to pick up the the hammer mm-hmm. and it's crazy that all these people are trying to pick up the hammer when they should all know that they can't they can't do it at the, yeah you would think so it's crazy um but yeah so black swan tries to pick it up uh Proxima Midnight tries to pick it up. Even Thori the Hellhound tries to pick it up. <laughs> God, I loved Thori. Fucking Thori the Hellhound. <laughs> He's he just wants to murder some boys. <laughs> and I like that Loki's the one who named him that. Yeah. You know, they named him Thori. It's like it obviously was a it's punishment. A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an insult. <laughs> but I love that Thori kind of goes along with them. It's mm-hmm. it's Thori, Tooth Nasher, Beta Ray Bill, and Thor up against the shadowy cloaked figure, the Collector, and uh, Black Swan and Proxima Midnight. Because mm-hmm. Thanos never even gets his hands dirty. He just stays from afar, like, just get the hammer. I thought it was really interesting. So, see, we, yeah, we kind of see them all fight it out, and, you know, and then everyone kind of... and But then we see Thor get, like, the the hammer madness yeah. for a minute there, too. And that kind of came out of nowhere... Yeah. I thought so just a little bit. You know what I mean? It was like it's, There was no reason that we really got to see that provoked him to also all of a sudden be like, I need Hammer desperate too, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. I mean, it's it's obviously to do a lot of like the the narration on top to talk about his sudden anger and then to do some flashbacks mm-hmm. about anger and stuff like that. I liked, I enjoyed the flashbacks. We yeah. get one of young Thor drawn by Fraser Irving that's him trying to pick up the hammer or wanting to pick up the hammer and Frigga's like, you know, that's just wait your turn, you know? Yeah, nice glowing hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fraser Irving does such incredible art. It's incredible. No one makes art like that. Mm-mm. No uh, one makes art like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we get another flashback by, I believe it's Asad Ribic that does yeah, you, like nine months ago Thor or something like that. They just call it Avengers Thor. Oh, yeah. yeah Avengers Thor. It wasn't the nine months ago Thor. Yeah. It was the it's Avengers the years Thor. years ago Asgard Thor is yeah. the Asad Ribic, yeah. And it's uh, him and Jane Foster. So we do get to see her, but it's long before she ever mm-hmm. picks up the hammer. And she's like, I believe in you like a god. You know, and he, it's. It's honorable for him to hear that from somebody he respects so much. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. And I thought that that scene was very well done. And that scene's to show why he's worthy in that moment because he's so unsure of his own worthiness. I think that's really the point at the end of the day, right? Is it's like the only way to be worthy is to at the kind of feel like you aren't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the last flashback we get is from nine months ago, and that's with Russell Dodderman 
and oh yeah, we do get to see Jane Foster there as mm-hmm. Thor, right? And then we get to see is is she Thor? Well, we'd see her as oh, in chemotherapy and Jane Foster right. in the time where she is she's wearing her wearing the mantle, probably carrying the mantle, but yeah, not necessarily wonder, Thor'd out. It's weird to think about. Did we know that she was Jane Foster at this point? We had to have, right? I think at this by by this issue, yes, I think that it had already been revealed because it's only like the second or third. It's pretty early on in her run they reveal it, isn't it? I don't Maybe more than that. I think it was like ten issues, really. I don't remember. It's yeah, been a long sure. time. But either way, yeah, that's so that's actually a good question because the thing is, is it never directly tells you that she is Thor, Thor in these scenes so that very well could we couldn't oh, know. Oh, so people could actually read this without have reading, read mm. any of the, the current Jane, Jane Foster, Foster stuff yeah. and, and still been pleasantly surprised when mm-hmm. reading it. That's pretty cool. Uh, sorry to spoil it, you guys. Okay. <laughs> um, but I mean, that one's by Russell Dodderman. All of these flashbacks are so well-placed within the story because all this this these five issues really need to say is that Thor is struggling with himself having to be the unworthy mm-hmm. Thor. And that's, it's five issues of Thor. And struggling with the reality that he has a chance to be worthy again. There is a hammer for him out yeah. there again, you know, and it's like, does he deserve it? You know? And so I guess in a way I felt robbed because I had only anticipated that this would have had bigger, like in, indentions into the main line yeah but all it really does is hint that at the end of this someone does go and pick up the hammer mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a minute mm-hmm. but let's still but talk yeah, see, about we get Thor. this moment where he is about to pick up the hammer and he says you know this is not my hammer you know yeah. but it is the hammer of a thor you know because he he felt it and he he felt all of his history and then he probably felt all of the ultimate thor's history mm-hmm. and i love that moment earlier where he's talking about that it's it's crying out, wondering where its Thor is. That part kind of hurt me a little yeah. bit. Because can you imagine? It's like, an, an obviously, it's semi-sentient, I guess, in a sense. So it's just like crying out, like, where is my boy? You know, yeah. he's dead. He doesn't even exist. He never existed, technically. <laughs> it's so crazy to think about. Um I wonder where that hammer is now. I don't mm-hmm. remember what happens to it. I know who picks it up. Do you know who picks I it up? I know who picks it up, too. Okay. And I even know, I think, who gets it after that Oh, fact. really? Yeah, because I think it tra- changes hands. A couple of times? A couple of times, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this book hints at the War Thor, which is the coming <laughs> Thor, and it's because the War of the Realms is coming, mm-hmm. which is, like, kind of the ending of Jason Aaron's whole run on Thor. Yeah. At all. It's interesting because Jason Aaron has written, he's writing his third event right now. But before this third event, he had only written two events and it was Original Sin and then War of the Realms. And I think that that's super interesting because Original Sin was right at the middle point of his Thor run. And it's where he makes Thor drop the hammer and Jane Foster pick it up. That's where... basically dead center. Yeah, that's where Original Sin hits. And then War of the Realms is like his whole like ending thing. And he also gets two like special minis, which is this one, the Unworthy Mm -hmm. Thor. And then at the very end, after War of the Realms, he gets King Thor, which I think we should read on this podcast eventually. And um, I, I just think that it's interesting that he was able to morph so much of the Marvel Universe around his Thor run. And that goes to show how monumental his Thor run was. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, it's like these big events that affected everybody based around his Thor ideas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, I mean, in uh, Original Sin, very much that, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. Well, he should do that. So that's so true, <laughs> you know? 
um, could but, even argue that Secret Wars is very. Uh, it, I mean, it has a lot of Thor to and go. Asgardian involvement. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that he's a pretty much. I mean, even more than Iron Man or anybody, I'd argue Thor's kind of. You're a, right. A key player. He kind of always has to be there, right? Like I can't imagine a major event. And him not being involved, it kind of wouldn't make sense, you know? Or at least a Thor, I guess, yeah. at this point. I can't think of a single Iron Man-centric event where that involved the entire Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Like, War of the Realms did. And, well, no, like, something that brews in Iron Man that goes... Because, like, Civil War brewed in Avengers mm-hmm. and, I think, New Warriors. And so, for... I've never seen that happen before. Yeah, where it's like a, it's not like this. That's an Iron Man villain all of a sudden becoming an everybody villain, you right? Know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just think that that's so interesting that that's how not important Thor is to the Marvel mm-hmm. universe, but how important Jason, Jason Aaron, Aaron is. is. You know, <laughs> so true. Because like I can imagine Jason Aaron maybe doing something with Iron Man to where it would have morphed the whole universe and having yeah like an event based around it. But so I think he's just a big scale writer like that. And yeah. that maybe is what it is. He's he can't he's I mean he's good at writing small intimate moments. We can see that with exactly these intimate moments between Beta Ray Bill and Thor. And Thor. But I think he's fantastic at writing like big, big scale like bombastic. holy shit what if all of this happened kind yeah. of shit. I think that's where he really shines, you know, for sure. It's crazy that he's on his third event right now because he's writing Avengers, and so he's doing a different version of Heroes Reborn. Oh. But um, that's something for another conversation. Yeah, for another day. <laughs> I mean, not really. This is a conversation for right now. We're talking about Jason Aaron. You know? That's true, yeah. Um, but Thor, good. Unworthy Thor, he decides he doesn't want to pick up the hammer, and the hammer teleports all of old Asgard back to where it should have been. And it's interesting because all the bad guys, the Collector, um, the Black Order, they just kind of go Give back yeah. to whatever they're doing. Like, all right, I guess we can't do it. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, this, to involve these felt... characters and then not really have it pay into anything later down the line. Yeah, I think you kind of said that. I feel like this was like a little mini series. This was meant to be like a... Contain. Yeah, Gary contained these five issues and it's done. It was more of a story of like being like... I want to explore the struggles Thor's going through with being Odin's son. I want to see, I want to have a little story where we see him accept that reality mm-hmm. for himself, you know, because I think there was a lot of struggle in those early Thor issues where he's running around being like, who took my hammer? What the fuck's going on with me right now? And so maybe Jason, ah, blah, blah. Jason Aaron really felt like he just needed to be like, I need a story that shows that he accepts this reality yeah. and really accepts that there is somebody else running around being Thor. You yeah. Know? Should we talk about the two cliffhangers? One of them not really paying into anything else and then one of them obviously paying into something else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The first one being we find out who the cloaked being is and it's Hela and she goes to Thanos and she's like, sorry, I couldn't get you the hammer, but uh, you, I could give you something even better and it's death. And I, as far as I remember, I don't think that leads to Anywhere. fucking anything. And that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Because I think this was kind of Jason Aaron calling his shots on what the MCU was going to do. Because, like, this is where... I mean, that's it, yeah. Yeah, because this is where um, Thor first used lightning without having to use his hammer. Mm-hmm. And then we see that happen in the MCU. And then theorizing, a lot of people thought that Hela was going to have to play with Infinity War and, you know, Thanos. And then it done. It done do it. Yeah, she died because of Surtur, dude. Do you think that's really the end of Hella? No, I can't. I, I hope not. If that I is hope as not. lame as hell. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't hold it past them to 
take a super powerful and a bad guy in the MCU and turn them down to two, you know, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that tends to happen a lot. Oh God, like Malakith, you know, yeah, I feel like it's a good example of that. Malakith is the whole head of War of the Realms, the ending of Thor. So, and I think Malakith could have been amazingly done in the films. I think if Taika Waititi could have done Malakith, it would have been better off because he would have made like the jokester, he would have very made the crazy, like um, like unhinged, yeah, like like the what am I trying to say? Like a the jester, yeah. almost like a jester esque Malakith, the very like jumping around, like ha ha, cut your fucking arm off, you know, yeah. like what are you gonna do? Maniacal, yeah, very maniacal and crazy, and I think that would have been awesome you know yeah, so i think that sick. yeah i mean i love dark world we you know I'll, I'll defend that movie to, my, to the death but um, it would have been cool to see this other version but i would have liked to have seen the comic book malekith and you know i will admit that he was definitely turned down in the craziness and violence that you get in the in the comics a little bit you know what i mean or even like the manipulative you know kind yeah because he's like another loki in a way no definitely um especially the way jason aaron writes mm-hmm. him do you think it's a detriment to the mcu that they didn't do lord of the rings with thor they didn't do like the green pastures with elves they didn't do dwarves uh, working in like yeah. mountains and mines didn't make it more tolkien-esque really instead they made it more astrological and like mm-hmm. like space i mean well shit when you look at old asgard in the in in these comic books it's just kind of like a big space rock with some yeah some yeah, buildings but it literally on it, has you know? a rainbow road that's yeah. like segmented color you know mm-hmm. what i mean not like how they do it in the films but there was an interesting moment in beta ray bill where they were like let's go up to the top of this hill and you could see all nine realms from here and i'm, I'm always trying to understand that you know what i mean yeah. i'm like how can you see all nine realms from there that doesn't make any goddamn sense i think like, it, how can you it has see to midgard be, you know <laughs> yeah i think it has to do with some sort of like portal mm-hmm. or something it just allows you to see them like yeah it's like it's like, not literally there it's like portals of screens you can't go through the portal to the place but you can see it exist in out there interesting and so. i i would have loved for the mcu to actually do that because mm-hmm. it would have showed more faces for the mcu rather than like oh you know thor ragnarok is just another guardians of the galaxy movie because it feels like the same kind of design work the same kind of space shit spaceships it's just everyone's aliens it's like you know a bummer I mean? that like you know they chose to like already have all the dwarves killed off and each tree just be the final dwarf right yeah. like we're never going to get to see those realities because they just kind of were like ah, just have them all be dead and there'll only be one you know yeah. and for whatever reason he's gigantic yeah <laughs> it's um, just his stature of a of a dwarf the fact that he's the best blacksmith see i actually kind of like i mean i kind of like that idea that like dwarves had small stature he, but were giant yeah you know like <laughs> they had small features but they were all ginormous yeah they're like 10 feet tall but they're built like a dwarf yeah <laughs> no I, that's I, a cool idea i i do like the idea it was off-putting first seeing it in the theater mm-hmm. for sure. Um, no, but I, I, I kind of wish we got more Tolkien-esque mm-hmm. stuff in the MCU. Um, oh, the other cliffhanger. Oh yeah, is War Thor, and we see someone go to pick it up, and it's Volstag, Volstag the voluptuous. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> the voluptuous Volstag. Yeah, and I think it's it's. Because he had he was part of the council uh-huh. of the nine realms at this point, and I think in the Thor run he had seen like treacherous crimes that Malekith had committed, like killing children and all kinds of horrible shit. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that angered him beyond like disbelief, and so he went out and found the hammer. Because I think he's like a rage Thor, right? Like yes. He's just going around fucking shit up. <laughs> yeah, 
And so I, I liked that idea because it felt like there was three Thors, not including Beta Ray Bill, because he doesn't show up too much in mm-hmm. Jason Aaron's run. And he's such his own thing, in my opinion. Right. Like, I would, I hate to be like, oh, he's just another Thor. Like, Beta Ray Bill's, he has cameraed out his own yeah, bad, line. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but I, I just, I, I thought it was kind of cool because we had the Odinson, we had Jane Foster, mm-hmm. and then we had the War Thor. And I thought that that was going to lead all the way to War of the Realms, but no, Volstagg eventually dropped the hammer mm-hmm. or got rid of it. I don't remember what happened. I think he uh, like knocked out because I know he, I know I read a little bit on it. I know he gets like a big fight with Mangog is like the big. Oh, that's right. You know, so it does go all the way to the end of Thor. Yeah. Okay. So he gets in like a big fight with Mangog and basically gets knocked out, and then that's it. It's just it's, so, he's done with it. <laughs> so to spoil it a little bit, the end of Jane Foster's run is Mangog. And then after that, Thor picks up the hammer again, like the Odin scene. Yeah. He becomes normal Thor again. Well, kind of. He has like a makeshift hammer that like transforms. But then it leads to War of the Realms. So I thought that War Thor was going to go all the way past Jane Foster's existence as yeah. Thor. But no, unfortunately not. Regardless. Is Jane Foster dead? No. She's somehow fine? Yes. Um, she, do you want me to spoil it? Yes. Okay. Sorry, so guys. She does die at the end of her run, but Odin goes to Valheim and brings her back using the Odin force. She, you think she'd be upset by that? I think, I think. Her whole point was that she wanted to die naturally. <laughs> um, I, I remember reading it and crying a lot cause it was good. It was well written, but it was. I remember reading it and being like, holy shit, sh- this is going to work. And I, I remember feeling like, oh, this is a good, this a is, good they story. They did a good job. Yeah. Okay. So you have read it. Yes. Um, it's been since it came out. Yeah. I mean, I um, haven't finished Jane Foster's Thor. Then, yeah. You know, I read the first few issues and then that's where I kind of stopped reading <laughs> comics book, guys. Right yeah. around that time. <laughs> yeah. It was right around that time. Um, I remember thinking like, well, fuck, it's good that Jason Aaron didn't kill her because there was a lot of people who attached to the idea Mm -hmm. of someone with cancer, a lot of cancer patients attached to this idea of a superhero with cancer. And so for her to like beat cancer basically is what Jason Aaron decided. Yeah. Yeah, And I I think that that's pretty admirable in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think it's good because it keeps, I mean, I hate to say it, but it keeps her around, you know, it yeah. keeps that character option still available and that's always good to, you know. She's become one of the Valkyries since. No shit. Yeah. That's cool. And I, she's still powered. She has, yeah. I think she has Thor's makeshift weapon. I think what happens is this weird weapon, I don't remember its origin, mm-hmm. but it can transform to into any weapon pretty oh, much. Okay. So it's kind of like Green Lantern except for it's just a weapon. Yeah. It can just turn into other weapons. Yeah. It's like gold. Regardless, um, I was just saying, like gold. <laughs> yeah, like like Stormbreaker. Like Stormbreaker. Um, how do you feel about Stormbreaker's presence in the MCU? Do you feel like it was stolen of Beta Ray Bill? Absolutely. Actually, I think. I mean, they could have just named it something different. They could have made that battle axe its own thing. You do know you think I mean? they have no intention of actually having Beta Ray Bill in the MCU? I don't think so. No, I don't think that's something they could do naturally. Right. Yeah, do naturally or do right or like you know what I mean? It would just he'd be. I mean, it would, like. He's not pretty like Groot in a sense, you know what I mean? It would, yeah. they, would, they would either have to like try to like pretty down the way that he looks in a way that's more physically accepting to put onto a CGI screen. Especially or for a hero. He'd be jarring and kids would be terrified of him, you know? <laughs> yeah. I remember as a kid first seeing him and just thinking, oh, it's a weird Thor that is a horse. Yeah. I thought it was just Thor. It's horse Thor. Because I, I knew of Throg, so I was like, I guess 
sometimes Loki just turns him into a dead horse or something, you know? That's so funny. <laughs> and I mean, that's when I was a young kid, like yeah. when I thought Juggernaut was Hash Brown Man. <laughs> Have I ever told you that story? No. His head looks like a McDonald's Hash Brown. It's like a dome. So I just called him Hash Brown Man as a kid. You gotta be scared of the Hash Brown Man. <laughs> Um, That's so funny. So uh, there is a theory or a running rumor that Beta Ray Bill will show up in Thor 4 with Sif. Uh, I find that hard to believe because Mm -hmm. knowing his origin, knowing how heavy his origin is, it doesn't make sense for it to be shooed in to the same story that's going to introduce like Jane Foster as Thor and Gore the God Butcher. Unless he's just always been or like like all this happened forever before and for whatever reason he's just never been mentioned up into this point you know they're gonna be like there is another because um we do see his head sculpted out of the stadium yeah that's so true so there was a little bit of a see that's it i think that was us getting beta ray bill in the mcu but it's also like he's wearing the asgardian helmet in that sculpture Mm -hmm. and we know that he can't get the armor i mean it's it's comic books yeah but we we know that he only gets asgardian armor from picking up stormbreaker which Thor would have movies later. You know what I mean? The thing is, is I feel like it's going to literally come... If they if they do do all that, his hammer will be named something different or it'll literally just be another Mjolnir. I think Bad. if if they do it, Thor will be dead already and he will just pick up Thor's... Mjolnir. No, I think he'll pick up Thor's Stormbreaker. Oh, Stormbreaker. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Forgetting Mjolnir's a man a million. But isn't there a theory that it's going to get fixed somehow? I don't know. I even read a thing It has that. to be. It has to because yeah, we've already Jane seen... Jane Foster picks it up, right? So have you seen, there's a very bad t-shirt that has Jane Foster on it. It's it's just very bad because it's not very well designed. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like, ugh, yeah. Yeah, and and you don't really get a good look at Jane Foster as Thor, but she's holding Mjolnir. So I don't know how they're going to explain that. I think Otherworld, Otherworld Hammer. It'll be like this, kind of. Because, I mean, if we're led to believe what's happening in all the movies, right, or in all the TV shows right now, the multiverse is going to get broken open. So maybe that's where it'll come from. Maybe that's where Beta Ray Bill will come from. They'll actually, like, rip open a reality where Thanos, like, won the fight, and it'll just be, like, a dead Thor and his hammer, and it'll come through the portal, and he'll just be like, cool, this one's mine now. (laughs) That would be kind of cool. Yeah. I would be okay with that. We just get a horrific moment of like all the dead Avengers and Thanos with his army just standing <laughs> above him with the hammers there and just comes through the portal and like comes through it. Or it'll show a Thanos trying to pick it up and as it looks like he picks it up, it just flings right out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> or like he even thinks he picks it up for a second and just, yeah. oh shit, yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be cool. I'd yeah. be okay with that. Um, as long as it's well enough explained. Yeah. Uh, why there was a wormhole to another universe. Um, I think we did it. I think we did it, man. Come, I think Thor did it. I think Thor, Thor and Beta Ray Bill. Honestly, Thor would be dog shit without Beta Ray Bill in both of these stories. Amen. <laughs> this was very a, much a Beta Ray Bill uh, centric yeah. episode. I love him. I love him too. He's my boy. I you got me his pop for my birthday. I think one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I one of the grow. few pops I, I proudly display. I love it. And he's one of the best, you know? He is one of the best. Okay, guys, thank you for being here this week. Come back next week. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing Little Bird Ooh. by Darcy Van Polgeist and Ian Bertram. Ooh, and Ian. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm excited for this one. This is one that I saw at the 
store and i was like i want to read this yeah. right now so we literally added it to our <laughs> to read <laughs> later right now yeah. i was so pumped about it so um yeah i'm very excited to read it it the art looks incredible mm-hmm. um follow us on instagram yeah and do that too follow us on instagram it's going to be in our show notes like subscribe share do all of those things and, yep. uh, and we'll see you next week and uh, yeah so we will see you then or we'll see you on another time latest on the menu bye guys bye